Hey everybody, welcome back to the 10th floor. It's me, Matt. Hi everybody, it's Kat. And it's Vincent Irizarry. Hi everybody, and Vincent Irizarry. Hey, How you doing? Hey, Dr. David Hayward himself from Pine Valley, sipping down his coffee and taking the time to talk with us about... Sure. All my children. All my children. <laughs> all my kitty. Ah, so uh, welcome everybody to the, to the elevator ride. We are all so excited to be here. So excited to be joined by, uh, by Vincent himself as well. And uh, everybody that wants to remember the glory days of all my children and 41 years of historic television, unforgettable yeah. history. Which yeah. you played a major uh, part of. Yeah, it was, a, it was an extraordinary ride overall. I mean, it was only supposed to be a three-month gig in terms of the 13, 14 years. Um, mm -hmm. And it was truly one of the more satisfying, more challenging, one of the most rewarding um, characters I've ever had the opportunity to play yeah. on television. Um, I had done one series before that, well, I've done several before that, but one of them that stood out for me up until then was um, a character of Lou Jack on Guiding Light. Right. That was the first TV job I had ever had. And um, but, the, the David Hayward was the first one to rival that one for me in significance. Um, and I think in long, in, in, uh, for the, the longest reason is because it was for the longest term. It was for 14 years rather than mm -hmm. the two years I played Lou Jack. Yeah. Uh, so it was pretty extraordinary to go through that character's life and have him develop and change and grow. And, you know, it's like the one thing about daytime is that you feel like you're an automaton. You feel like you go to work and then they put another chip in your back and they tell you all of a sudden you had a brother you didn't know you had, you know, things yeah. like that. So it's like oh, all of a sudden by the way, they're twins about, after all. That's right. That's right. And that's <laughs> happened to me on Guiding Light. I was a twin and didn't know it. Right. <laughs> One of us was separated at birth. You so know, I, I mean, the journey of being a uh, being on a soap and playing a character yeah. that can be turned and twisted in any direction at any moment at any time. Um, I can only imagine must be an adventure and a half. Uh, <laughs> it is. It's a. It's very exciting, and it is uh, especially when the stories are really good, and um, and uh, just the relationships that you develop with the characters and with the people playing them. Daytime is like one big ensemble. You know, mm -hmm. it really is a repertory company. You know, where people come from other shows as well. But it's so exciting when you're in a storyline that that you love because you can't wait to read the script, the next script. Yeah. That's what happens all the time, and we talk about it sometimes in the makeup room. It's like, oh wow. Did you read what happens here? Did you read what's going to happen? And, just, and it's like to see the whole cast be, you know, engaged on that level. It's very exciting. Well, I mean, um, so the the period of time in All My Children that I am personally the most intimately familiar with is the last year. Um, so uh, for me personally, All My Children was something that was a constant in my life, but not something that I was always super focused on because that was the show that my mom was watching every day, you know. Yeah, um, sure. There have been moments, you know, like um, like when I was a little kid, Natalie being thrown in the well um, by and being saved by Dimitri was the most fascinating thing to my four year old brain that I had ever seen. Um, oh, wow. Okay. He would say, Mama, Mama, let's watch Natalie in the well. He didn't call it all my children. Let's watch Natalie in the well. Natalie that was the, well. the name of it. Oh, that was the God. subtitle for him. Natalie in the well, <laughs> yeah. all my children. Yeah, the, the theme song <laughs> right, would start playing and I'd start running around going, Mama. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, but that's interesting that you say that because honestly, that really was the, the the key to the longevity of daytime soaps to begin with. It really was before the internet and before the uh, you know 120 channels on TV. Mothers, most of them, many of them were housewives, and they were home, you know, doing the chores of the day, doing the laundry, cleaning the house. 
and they had their daytime soaps on and their children were sitting at their feet, you know, mm-hmm. or sitting on the couch and they didn't have their video games. They didn't have the, the distractions that the kids have today. So they definitely, it was like it, for them, it was introducing that type of storytelling to the next generation. And that's why it did have the, the longevity that it had. Like Guiding Light was on between radio and TV for 72 years. And it was in large part due to that. Yeah. Without question. Mm-hmm. So you're a product of that, Matt. Is what I'm and trying to here say. Here I am today, just just uh, being the, the the dorkiest of dorks, just deep analyzing today's soap operas and trying to pull morsels <laughs> of logic and story and development. And why are we the, we doing this every week? Uh, yeah. And, yeah, and 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 it's because of um of the the lifelong presence of soap operas in my life. And there are a few tentpole things that have existed, uh, things that I remember well. Natalie in the well. Uh, no pun intended. Yes. Um, there, there's, uh, there was this giant earthquake that uh, collapsed a building on a bunch of characters, and Stuart and Marion fell in love. Uh, I remember uh-huh. that very well. Uh, yeah, I remember. <laughs> they, were trapped, being... they were like trapped underground, weren't they? Something. Yeah, I, yeah, I wasn't I on the so. show at that time when that happened, but yeah. there was one that was similar to that where we had the explosion at a mass ball, um, oh. which actually. Yeah, it was a soap disaster, and actually, it, it turned into a, the, the explosion that they did was much larger than they had anticipated, and there were a few stunt people that got burnt as oh, a result of oh, it. Wow. Yeah, they were rushed to a hospital. It was it was kind of a big deal, but the storyline it continued on where it was um, David, Doctor David, and Palmer were stuck in a in a pod somewhere, and um, and that, I loved working with James Mitchell. I loved him. I, I, we had a good rela- friend. We had a friend relationship outside of work too. We went to see Broadway plays together and I went to dinner, and I just loved him. Um, and I was also very protective of him, as was Ginger Smith, who was one of the producers, um, because he he had um, he had he he needed oxygen um, to work. Okay, mm-hmm. when he was working, he had oxygen tanks, and where we were was very dusty. And I was constantly asking him, please bring him his oxygen, you know, after he'd seen H. Jake, let him breathe for a little bit. Um, But he was a trooper and I I just loved it. But we were stuck in one of those things when the collapse there. And our characters were, they were fun. It was fun to play opposite him because I kept calling him daddy because he married Vanessa. Yeah, he married Vanessa. Okay, daddy-o. All right, daddy-o. Throwing that in, it made him crazy. Um, but yeah, we had the best time. I loved him. I just loved James Mitchell. He was an amazing man. I and mean, Palmer was such a fun character to watch. Yeah. Just, just as yeah. as a viewer, um, the the yeah. snark, the sass, the <laughs> everything that was Palmer Cortland. Uh, I, you know, I, I'm going to share a story with you that happened with me and James. Um, I've shared it a few times, but it's probably a lot of people haven't heard it. But it's a really good story, actually. I knew who he was before I even worked in daytime because my my um, family, my parents, my grandparents used to watch shows and my sister would sometimes watch all my ch- children. And I knew the whole thing with Palmer and Nina and, um, and Peter Bergman. I can't remember the, what was the character's name? Cliff, Cliff, mm-hmm. Cliff, Nina. And I didn't watch soaps at the time, but I knew who they were because I'd see them on the TV all the time. And I'd see him. Um, and the fir- when I first started working daytime as, uh, as Lou Jack on Guiding Light, I did an appearance in New Jersey and like a lot of the young actors at the time, I confess that we had long work schedules during the week. It was intense and that character was front and center. So I had so much material and usually on a Friday night, you go out to unwind, you know, and I would be out there and I'd see other actors from other soaps as well. Like Michael Knight, I'd see him at a bar. I'd see other people as well, even Darnell Williams. 
and I would see them. We get, you know, pretty, pretty wasted. And I had to get up the next morning to go to an appearance in New Jersey. All right. And I was at the time I was living in a rooming house. <laughs> I was I had room sharing it with six other people, the bathroom and a kitchen. And in Greenwich Village it was my first TV job in the theater before, which didn't pay for much. So I'm, I'm sleeping and people are banging on my door and I wake up and they're like, there's a limo downstairs. I've been waiting for you. I'm like, oh, no, I can't believe it. So I said, Tom, I'll be down 10 minutes. I ran and jumped in the shower and went downstairs, got in the limo. And there's James Mitchell sitting there. And I know who he is. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, you must think I'm like the, one of those bratty little young actors have come into soap operas now. And this is like, you know, I get in and I go, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. And he just like, it's all right. Just get in. Let's go. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. So. Anyway, so we go and do the appearance and then we have to drive back together. It was it was not a great I, I felt so bad. Terrible. Flash forward. This was 1984. OK, flash forward to my first day on the set at All My Children. This is 1997 now. So it's 14 years later. I see him in the makeup room and I woke up to James and I say, oh, hey, James. Um, I don't know if you remember me, but we met in a, an appearance years ago. So, Oh, I remember. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, my gosh, it was that bad. It's like 14 years later. He's still like, you know, traumatized by it. I'm like, well, I'm sorry. Hopefully I'll have the opportunity to make it up for you, make it up to you. So anyway, <laughs> so that was it. But it was a great way. And then we became yes. very dear friends. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, my my, my, te my um, techn technical engineer is saying something. What? That's not doing anything. Really? It's not doing anything? No, okay. you don't need it. Okay. All right. All right. My the light. She's saying, How bad does this work like now? Is that a little better? Oh, there, there we go. All right. We can see all of the features. No, because I'm backlit. That's what I was thinking. But okay. You're fine. So anyway. I have to fight with my window light all the time as well. Um I'm I'm in I'm in practical darkness. Uh yeah, yeah. Yeah. Let me see. I'm turning this light off there. Go ahead. All right. Uh, so way back when, 1997, uh, you walking in onto the set the very first day, uh, you already yeah. <laughs> had this interaction with James Mitchell. But otherwise, what was the feeling? Um, it, uh, you know, I mean, this this is a show that had already been on for several decades. Um, yeah, sure. Uh, was, was it like walking into a well-greased machine full of family and love? Uh, was there yeah, immediate I, drama? Yeah. What, what, what? Tell me. T take us back. <laughs> yeah, I'll be honest with you. It's funny because my I was really excited to do it. Um, I was offered the job. Um, I went, I just, the timing was perfect. My daughter had just been born. My daughter, Aria, who's now 25, <laughs> she had just been born. And we went back east to for her, her baptism with my family on Long Island. I was living in Los Angeles at the time. And right before I left, my manager called me and said, um, all my children is wondering if you're going to be in New York at any time because they'd like to meet with you about a role that's coming up. And I said, perfect timing. I want to be there this weekend. I can meet them on Monday. I can stay for an extra day or two. And that's exactly what happened. I went in and I was real excited because I knew a lot of the actors on, on the show from the years of mm -hmm. personal appearances and Emmys and everything else. So I was excited because I felt like, wow, this is going to be like the, you know, the all my children's summer camp, you know, it's like get to <laughs> play with them, my friends for three months on a show. That's kind of what it felt like. And um, I, when I went in there, everybody was very welcoming to me. And um, I, I went up to Ruth Warwick as well and introduced myself to her. She didn't know me. I had never met her before. But, you know, I mean, she's 
she was an icon, you know, and yeah. she was like the last living uh, member of the Mercury Theater that she's in Citizen Kane. I grew up mm-hmm. watching that and oh one of my top five um, most amazing American movies in my in my estimation. Um, and I so I went up and introduced myself to her. She was excited to hear me basically lauding her with, you know, praise. Um, <laughs> she was like that. She was she was a diva. She was a star, you know, and she knew it. Um and anyway, but then I went and worked with like David Canary. And I'll tell you, my first day working with David Canary, whom again, I love him. I love him to this day. The man was the salt of the earth, um, just the consummate professional and just a dear, dear man. You know, and I always said that, you know, there are definitely on shows that I've worked on. Some of the people on there are divos and divas, mm-hmm. you know, and they carry themselves that way. And they're, they can be kind of difficult on set at times. There are people on all my children that had the opportunity to be that and certainly the, the right to be that if they wanted to. David Canary is one of those people. Never. One of the most gracious people you'd ever know. And I just my first day working with him um, was both with him as Adam and as Stuart. So it, and we did like two or three episodes of all our scenes together. So it was like five hours of me playing opposite both characters and working with him. And I, after it was done, I said to my wife at the time, I said, I feel like I just sat through a master class. This guy was amazing, amazing. And I just, I will always remember that, working with him. And right up to the last days that I worked with him on the online version for um, iTunes and for Hulu, mm-hmm. I just, I loved the man. He was just a, a, an extraordinary human being and truly one of the most dashing people that you ever saw on daytime. Really is one of the most dashing. Really. That is absolutely so. wonderful to hear. Um, uh, for me, Stuart Chandler is a character that has always stuck deep inside me as a person. Um, yes. I don't know. I mean, I can't tell you exactly why. It's something that I've tried to analyze within myself as best as possible. Uh, and the best that I can come up with is the absolute pure love that exists mm-hmm. within Stuart yeah. is something that I always like aspired to. Uh, like yeah. as a role model, something that I wanted to be as an adult in my life, sure. with somebody with this unlimited capacity for love, like Stuart. And so, yeah, goodness, just it, pure goodness, just you pure know? goodness. Kindness of Canary part. was just so good at playing those two roles. I mean, you oh, didn't wow. even think about Adam when he was Stuart. You didn't think about Stuart. No, when he was Adam. You did. You, they were just so. It was like it was like almost felt like two different actors were playing them. Yeah, yeah, it's true. It's really true. And he was so brilliant at it, both characters. And to be there opposite him playing both characters, that's what I walked away. I was like, I really feel like I sat through a masterclass. He totally lost himself in both characters. It was beautiful to watch, just beautiful. And I just had to stay in my character and and be there with him during it. But afterwards, it was like, wow, wow, wow. And it never that never faltered. That never diminished in any way during all the years I worked with with um, David. He, he's just a brilliant, brilliant actor and just a kind man. Just a kind man, really. Um, so yeah, it was it was very sad when I heard that he had passed. Um, mm-hmm. You know, obviously he was struggling with Alzheimer's, and it was becoming evident on the set, um, especially when we came back and did it for the online version. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they were giving him less and less material uh, because of that, and and rightfully so. Yeah. I could tell at, at times it was becoming a burden for him, you know, mm-hmm. to do it. And it was hard for me when I was working with him and he would forget what scene he was in and, you know, start saying lines from two scenes prior or, you know, and he because he would 
he would get angry with himself. And that was hard to see, you know, that he would he would become angry, upset with himself, never at anybody else, never heard him get angry with anybody mm -hmm. for all the years I worked with him. But with himself, he did. And, you know, I remember speaking to his wife um, about it at that time. And and she shared with me, she believes because, you know, David was he actually um, was offered a position on the Denver Broncos out of college mm -hmm. uh, wow. to play professional football. Wow because he played that in college and um, he turned it down to be an actor, but he had played football throughout his college years and earlier. And she, he had several concussions. She truly believed it was as a result of that, that he suffered from the Alzheimer's. Oh, okay. um, so, and that would make sense. A lot of people say that that does have that kind it's, of an effect. It's, so. it's a, it's definitely a, a known and prevalent problem within the NFL even today. So uh, yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Uh -oh. Uh, but and we I mean, know a lot about that dreaded disease because uh, my father-in-law, Matthew's grandfather, we lost him to Alzheimer's and we watched really? the process and it is horrid. Yeah. Uh, wow. But I mean, kudos yeah. to to uh, David Canary for uh, wanting to give us so much for so long. As much as those yes. characters mean to us, it also means yeah. a lot to you all who are Absolutely. stepping into these shoes more often than somebody playing a primetime character or somebody playing a Marvel superhero or something like that. The sure. number of hours on set in these people's lives sure. has got to be, I mean, I can only assume because I've never done it myself, but uh, yeah. <laughs> It's, yeah, it's it, it must be a thing to just make it, really, it super it, plain. It is. And it's just like I said earlier, it's just the opportunity to develop a character on that level for years. Yeah. Keep developing the character. You know, it's it, when you do a movie, you have a beginning, middle and an end. When you do a play, you have a beginning, middle and end. On daytime, you have a beginning and you hope for a very long middle <laughs> and perhaps maybe never an end. You don't know. Right. Until you end. Um so that's there's a very big difference when you get to develop a character for as long as you had. And I will say this, um, uh, you know, props, kudos to the writers. I don't know which what what writer during the course of the the history of the show created the dual character of, of David, mm -hmm. um, of um, Adam and Stuart, but it was brilliant. It really was brilliant because there was such opposite contrast to one another, and yet the Stuart character was his conscience. You know, he was his kind of Jiminy Cricket, you know, in a way, you know, so he really was. And um, that I think to see that relationship and those characters that were so uh, was such so separate from one another, yet so intrinsically connected to see that in the writing of those characters and the way that David developed those characters uh, was really a brilliant idea. It was wonderful. And he just ran with it. And, you know, able so to trust him to be able to, to nail it for so long as well. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, <laughs> he always did. I mean, I think that's interesting, too, to think that when you saw him in the end, when he was struggling with the amount of material he had, which wasn't that much, you know, they put him in a scene every once in a while, too. Not a lot of dialogue. But to see that this is a man that right up until the end of All My Children on ABC, he would he'd be come to work knowing 40 40, 50 pages of dialogue. And he was the consummate professional and he never thought that he would be struggling with his lines. So that's, you know, that really has a lot to say with him as a professional, also as a man and a man of, of, of integrity when it came to doing the work.
you know. So well, the chat absolutely is just dripping with love for David Canary and everything that he brought yeah. to us, and uh, absolutely for good reason. Yeah, my goodness, mm-hmm. such 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 yeah. love. Oh, so well, let yeah. me ask you a question, Vincent. Um, sure. Uh, is when the last time you were on a soap, was it as fast paced as what we're told it is today, where it's just so crazy fast? Well, I mean, I've been doing them even just recently. I was on Bold and the Beautiful, I was on Days of Our Lives um, a few years ago for a couple of years. So, yeah, that, that, it's a huge difference from when I first started in 1983 on Guiding Light. Huge different difference. Well, back then, you really did do one show per day. You did mm-hmm. one show. Um, and some shows, like all my children, I wasn't on the sh- that show at the time, but I knew it from the, the from the people that I knew that worked on the show, like Michael Knight and, and Darnell and others doing appearances with them. They shot that show in order, in sequence. They would do a full dress rehearsal from one scene to the next, to the next, the next, from set to set. I never understood that. That seemed crazy to me. And then they would have a, they'd all meet on set for the notes. They would adapt those notes and then they would start from the beginning and do the whole show. Guiding Light, we did it just by set. So mm-hmm. they would go from one set, do all the scenes, go to the next set, do all the scenes. And then they would edit it together. You know, um, that seemed more practical than the other way to me. I don't know if they were saving money in editing. I don't know. It was crazy. But back then, doing one show a, a day was still challenging, especially if you had a lot of material in that show. But as we went on over the years... Thank you. She's getting my water ready. Thank you, baby. I think she thinks my, my throat, I'm getting dry or something. Oh. Mm. It's good. She is helping. Um, as we went through, as going on through the years, especially when I was on All My Children, it kept changing. We kept changing the format. And by the time we finished All My Children, we were doing about 130 pages, 120 a day, 130 when we were doing it just a show a day, it was like 60 pages, you yeah. know, yeah. basically yeah. Um, 55 pages. So we were doing more and they were combining episodes. So we would do about eight shows a week. Some, that was kind of the standard at that point. And that went on the same thing when I did Days of Our Lives. That were, They were doing that. And when I first came on Days of Our Lives, our out time was like seven o'clock. Well, they 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 renewed the contract on NBC and they said, no, we want you guys done at five o'clock because they don't want to be paying any overtime to the crew. So now we're smashing everything together as fast as possible. You got one take. If you were lucky, you got two. That was it. Never three. It was like, oh goodness. I mean, I, I would say it's also but it's interesting because I've had the opportunity to work on so many shows to see the differences. And I noticed this was a big difference when I worked on Young and the Restless. Young and the Restless the way they shoot their show is that they do a master shot typically where people come into a room or whatever the case may be. And then they quickly go to close-ups. They're back and forth Mm -hmm. so that the the audience, they engage the audience immediately as quickly as possible in the close-ups of the actors. But the, the benefit of that too, is that if somebody goes up on a line, which occasionally does happen, they don't have to go all the way back to the beginning. They literally cut, yeah. They go, okay, we're going to pick it up here. They'll go back two lines before and they pick it right up. So they move the, the rapidity of the process 
is is definitely works to their advantage in that brilliant way. so different stock like like the talent it takes to being uh, to being able to put uh soap on um with the limited budget and time that's available now um sure i, I mean i it's it's to be applauded uh everybody that's able to still pump out five episodes a week um you know of watchable I, content I, yeah i wouldn't i don't say this in a negative way but it's kind of like the whole thing whether it's the writing process the production the acting it's kind of like the fast food version of, of the entertainment <laughs> yeah. industry, you know, yeah. just getting out there. But hopefully we're in the higher echelon of quality in that <laughs> regard. But considering that they write those shows, I mean, mm-hmm. they do how many, two, 240 shows a year? Yeah. I think the 250, that's a yeah. lot of shows, man. Yeah. That's a lot. And they have a lot so, of dark weeks too. Yeah. Yeah. They have their dark weeks too. Sure. Um, but you know, especially the hour shows, Bold and the Beautiful is a half an hour show. Um, yeah. so it's not as much content, but it's a great show. It, it really is. They do a fantastic job on that show. It's so. good. It's great. It's wonderful, yeah. but yeah. ultimately good things always do come to an end. Like all my children did. Yeah. And what yeah. an end it was the, the final story, the, the, the final arc in which, I yeah. feel as though David Hayward was in the middle of uh, <laughs> just <laughs> the, the plot device pushing everything toward the finale, bringing all of our loved ones back to life, dangling yeah. two final identities in front of Tad's face. <laughs> I know. No. Bringing Stuart back to life. That bringing was the big Stuart one. Stuart back to life, which to me is uh, the <laughs> act that would forgive David Hayward of all of the dastardly and evil things that he exactly. had done. Um, you would think so. You would but, think the not so good people of Pine Valley would show some appreciation. But no, whatever like, reason. Oh, thank you for no, bringing all of our loved no. ones back to life. You're going to jail. Dr. Evil, still Dr. Evil in the eyes of them. But I use my evil to bring back one of the greatest, most loving characters in Pine Valley. I mean, for uh, heaven's uh, sake, can... give me some credit. David Hayward was just a misunderstood villain a little bit. And I think the main thing that David Hayward always wanted was to have children to love him and be able to love back. That's all true. he really ever wanted was a That's family. That's true. You know, and that sort of brings in the whole thing. We started talking a little bit about Vanessa and the introduction of Vanessa onto yeah. the show. Um, because that, the bringing Marge to say on the play, that character really helped to form, um, to fashion um, the different uh, qualities of Dr. David Hayward because they gave him a past. They gave him a history to show who he is, why he is the man that he is today, you know, on the show. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I went to them. I went to the producer at the time, um, Gene Daria Burke, and um, and also to the, um, Angela Shapiro, who was the head of the network for a daytime. And I asked them to bring somebody on the show that would help to fill in for the audience what my history was. Um, because at the time, I had come back. I, I did the show for the three months and I left. I left mm-hmm. for like five months. They offered me a three-year contract, but it wasn't the time. I couldn't do it because of personal issues with my, my child out down in Los Angeles. So I turned them down and everybody thought it was crazy. But they came back five months later and I was able to remedy that situation with my younger daughter at the time. And I was able to accept the job and go back to New York. And they did that because everybody saw the potential in the character. Mm-hmm. I did too. From the moment I started playing David, I loved it. And um, we all saw the potential, but I felt that after six, eight months of playing the character, I felt we were squandering that, what was really special about the character because Dr. David didn't have any personal connection to anybody in Pine Valley until he came, except for Allie, who right. came there to try and get back. 
yeah. the um, actress that was there, Ala Karot. And because of that, I saw that the audience could easily start become seeing David as a nuisance. Um, and that's all. Just like, oh, here he comes again. He's in this person's face. He's doing this problem. He's creating this problem right now. Instead of understanding who he is, why he is the way that he is, we needed a history. So when I went to them, they took it to heart and they went to the writers and they came up with Vanessa, <laughs> which was brilliant, really was brilliant. And it really, that was the turning point for my character, honestly, was when you came to realize, especially her first day on the show, this was really fun. I loved playing this moment with her. Um, I see Vanessa for the first time at a party that Eric is hosting, some kind of charity event. I see her across the room and the audience sees my expression looking at her like, what the, f you know, like, <laughs> you know, they like, what's the deal with that? And then she's out in the parking lot, Vanessa, and she has a heart attack out in the parking lot. She collapses to the floor. Eric is there. She's like, oh my gosh, oh my God. She's like, okay, just hold on. I'll get some. And then I come walking out in the parking lot. She goes, oh, thank God, Dr. David, Dr. David, you're here. Dr. Hayward, please help this woman, help this woman. I, I'm just looking at her like, die you know and i'm like I, and i literally step over her and walk away and erica's like what 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 <laughs> so the audience has no idea who she is why i just did what i did and then she's in the hospital afterwards she's been you know rescued to i guess you can say <laughs> and i go into the room and that's when i first confront her as my mother and they come to realize that she's my mother but the turning point for that, that was the beginning of it. But the turning point was when, I don't know if you remember any of this, but when Erica had me held captive in her basement and I had my hand, she put my hand in a vice, okay? Because I'm a surgeon, so that's a right. big deal. World-renowned cardiologist. My hand in a vice. <laughs> and she's like, basically, this is, um, she, and this was after, I believe, after her face got ripped up, I think. I don't remember. But um she has me down there because she wants to know why I am the man that I am. Mm -hmm. And I'm tells she holds me captive down there for like five days. And finally I break and I share the whole story about how my mother, my, my father and my mother, I was in love with both of them very much, thought they were very much in love with each other, came to find out that my mother was cheating on my father and that my father, I'm watching this as an 11 year old boy outside their bedroom, them fighting and my father taking a gun and putting it up to his head and my mother egging him on saying, do it, do it, do it. Oof. And I'm as an 11 year old boy, watch this. And then my father shoots himself. I go running in and my father bleeds out in my arms. And for that reason, I'm getting chills actually saying this right now. Wow. For that reason, my, I hated my mother because I saw who she really was. And from that moment on, I became a world renowned cardiologist because I believe from that for that reason, I was fighting death from that day forward. So every person that I saved and brought, kept alive, I was bringing back my father on some level, you know? And then, yeah, that's some David Hayward way. wanted kids and to save everybody's life. That's right. So that brings us back into that. <laughs> is that for me, it's almost like anything when you've, anybody that's ever been in a family that you hear about this all the time, people that have had abusive backgrounds you do whatever you need to do to break the cycle in the, in the next generation. That's yeah. your responsibility, not to carry it on. And I think that in that way was Dr. David's way. He wanted to have that, to give the opportunity. And it's a shame that the way that the show ended, that he never got that closure, but he did have a son that he was never told was his son. 
Um, that was on the on the uh, online version. Oh no, I didn't. I never. I, I had forgotten that detail. I remember uh, David yeah. and um, oh goodness, I'm and bad at remembering names on the spot. Yeah, me too. Um, it was Lindsay Harley. Um, yes, Cameron. brilliant Cara. actress. Absolutely Cara. love her. Cara. 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 There we go. Ah. Yes, Cara and Griffin Castillo. Uh, yes. <laughs> Um, she, yeah, yeah nice. with their with their, with their uh, uh, late show hookup, and yeah, David mm -hmm. Hayward never found out that it was his kid. Oh, bummer. Oh. Yeah, no, it, because it ended. It just ended abruptly. Yeah. I think that was really for the audience, and for certainly for us as the actors, we never got closure. The show never had its ending. People you know. Yeah, and David just had little windows of being able to be an attentive good father. He only mm -hmm. had little windows. He had a tendency to mess it up, but um, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But he had little plant windows. You know, he had Marissa. He had Babe. Yeah, yeah. That's right. And he so had. Yeah, um, that's right. I had Marissa as well. Um, yeah. that's right. That's I came to find out about that and Babe, but I never got to raise a child. <laughs> they were always like yeah. older. They were older when I found out that they were like that little chip they put in your back and your back of your, you know, your Anna. top of your spinal right. column. It's Anna. like you have two children. And yeah. yeah, yeah, but that was, but Anna, Anna we had Leora. We had Leora, Anna yes. and I. Anna and, and Leora. Leora. Tragically. And that which is, is another, some, that's through another that ironic need... twist of fate that, that yes. Leora died of a heart ailment and that I wasn't able to save her. <laughs> you know, and because I wasn't allowed to, Dr. Joe Martin wouldn't let Dr. me in Joe's the operating room. room. You were yeah. in there screaming so, how to do it, and they just I wouldn't know. listen. They wouldn't. That's <laughs> absolutely right. So I believe they killed him. That's it. Well, that <laughs> to is... this day, I I can't let it go. No, nobody, um... <laughs> how could you? How could you? And the fans and the so, audience can't let it go either. Um, yeah. That time in the early two thousands, David Hayward yeah. and Anna Devane is definitely yeah. something that we need to dig deep into, especially with our uh, regular fan content who uh, sure. come to us for General Hospital Talk, which Anna's yes. still around. Is on. Say hi Anna. to Aaron. Oh, oh, Aaron is on. Hi, Aaron. How hey. you doing, sweetie? She's a huge Anna fan. Yes, huge. Yes. Anna, and Anna and David. Yes, so definitely. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, it was it was it was wonderful working with Finola. I mean, she's mm -hmm. an outstanding actress in every yeah. way. Um, and you know, it was it was a really good combination of those two characters together, especially her being. Uh, you know, somebody in, in law enforcement and then my character who's always bending the law, right. you know, and she's like, oh, what should I do? Should I, should I hold him accountable for this or, you so know, bad. or yeah, but we definitely, we had, we had a great time. It was, it was a fun <laughs> storyline to play. And, um, mm -hmm. you know, we actually, it was very strange. We, our, our characters were bookended by two major events in New York city, actually. Our first date on the show with, um, with David and Anna was on 9-11 when it oh. happened. Okay. Oh, wow. And we were the first scenes up that morning while everything was happening. And we had gone into our dressing rooms before anything started happening, before the first plane hit the tower. We were in my dressing room running our lines. And it was our first date. So it was flirtatious. It was fun, playful. We were just, we were excited to do this. Went into the makeup room and that's when the first plane hit the tower and somebody ran in and said, turn on the news, turn on the news. And we watched it. We were seeing it in there, but it looked like, because it was a long shot wide, it looked like the, the building was just scorched in one place and it looked like maybe a small plane hit it. Nobody knew at that time. And uh, I remember somebody saying, wow, somebody must have, his private plane must not have seen it. I'm saying, it's 110 miles visibility out there. It was intentional, whatever happened. We went up on set 
running the scenes with the director um, in rehearsal, and then the next one hit the, and all mm. the crew was watching on the monitors. And everything changed. Everything changed from that moment on. And they try to keep us going. Um, and I remember Fanola and I, because we were like, what the hell is going on? Uh, because we realized it was a it was a passenger line. It wasn't just a small plane. And they're trying to keep us going. And the, the mood and the scenes would change. She and I literally looked at each other at one point, going, what the hell are we doing? What are we doing? Like, yeah. We're doing this. We're continuing right now. And then once the first tower fell, that was it. it like then mayhem. Um, and every, they stopped production. They called um, uh, they called a, a cast and crew meeting on set. And um, Nadine Aronson, who's one of the producers on the show, my love, she um, said a prayer with all of us holding hands. And mm. as we realized that we were under attack and we called off the show production because a lot of the crew was being called to ABC News after that point. Um, so that was the first first day. Our last day working on the show together, mm-hmm. there was a major blackout in New York City in the wow. middle of our scenes. Everybody went into mourning. They literally, yeah, that's what it was. The whole and nobody knew what was happening. People thought it was another terrorist situation. I don't know if you yeah. remember this, but the but the it was a blackout that went all the way up to Canada. It was like the whole Northeast. This grid mm-hmm. was out. So we that was our last day working together. We had to come back. She had to come back like a day later or two days later after the lights went back on to do those scenes. I'm like, right. that's kind of crazy that our entire time working together on the show were bookended by those two <laughs> huge events in New York. So, but oh, yeah, New it was, Yorkers would have PSS, PTSD from the first thing that they would automatically think, okay, some, something, did. now what? <laughs> they did. Yeah, absolutely. And there were people in the crew that were very emotional because they thought it was happening again. Of course yeah. they did. It would make sense, you know? Um, yeah. yeah, it was a strange time. It was strange. But yeah, I loved working with her and I love the storylines, the characters, the development. Everything in between must have been just happiness and joy. Uh, <laughs> it was, except for the storyline of Leora dying. That right. was like, that was torture because that oh. went on for so long. And at one point we both looked at each other and said, is this even entertaining anymore? Because we just couldn't help the audience being like, oh my gosh, we're going to go through mm-hmm. this again, another episode. Yeah. It was, it was tough. It was really tough, but um, you know, she's a fantastic actress and yeah. No, yeah. so she brings it. She kills it every time she comes on. That's all. And so. the, uh, the the promotional uh, steps that ABC took to push the couplings of the time, um, yeah, is something that the fans fondly remember, and it still lives forever on YouTube. Of just yeah, you know, there's some commercials that they shot and everything. And... Yeah, yes, that's right. <laughs> they were fun. They were really fun, and it was kind of interesting because they they also had a poster that was all over New York at bus stops and on the subway of the two of us. Where I'm like sleeping behind her, and her eyes are open, looking at us. Right. You know, do you sleep? And I forgot what was written on it. it. Was something like, "What do you do when you're sleeping next to the man? Is he the enemy or whatever? It's some weird stuff like that." I what don't, do you I don't do? Remember. You're sleeping with a man you can't trust. I, yeah. That's right. So that's basically that's that's basically what it was. And it was like these were posters all over New York. I'm like, wow, this is crazy. Apparently, <laughs> Aaron had the poster. Uh. <laughs> yes, Aaron does have the poster. I know that for a fact, and I, I believe she even has it signed. Um, oh, well, there are hey. people like that. Yeah. See, oh. I can't see oh. what you guys are seeing as far as writing on this. I, I don't know if I have the ability. Oh to no, no, I, I have a separate window open that has the YouTube chat flowing. Um, I can't see it either. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Y'all are completely reliant on me. Uh, I can flip so through, and most of it is just a reaction to us talking. Yeah, there um, you go. 
Okay, but there good. is there's been some questions. Uh, people people Go are ahead. very curious to know if you still keep in touch with uh, the people who played your children um, and siblings. I guess uh, they mentioned Leo you know, and Josh Dumel. I don't know. <laughs> no, I, I I don't. I haven't seen them in many many years. Well, it's and, time um, for a reunion. Yeah, yeah. They'll be everybody fine. reach out to me on Instagram. I'll make it happen. Alexa Havens. <laughs> Alexa Havens was wonderful as mm -hmm. Babe. She really was, and oh, and I can't remember the names of everybody. Honestly, oh, to be honest I mean, with you. so many yeah. years, so many scenes, so much work, so many actors. So and many I, I mean, so I would say time. this: Marissa, um, the actress who played Marissa. And I, mm -hmm. I'm sorry, I feel I'm at a loss. Oh, they um, will tell could, us in I, just moments on the chat. Don't worry. Yeah, yep. I'm sure. I can <laughs> and I can I can look her up. I know I have her phone number, or at least I had her phone number from when she was on. I could look up her name on my phone. Um, she I saw her on the the boys. Mm -hmm. She played on the boys. Yeah. And she was freaking awesome. Just she amazing. Killed right? it. Killed it. Um yeah, she was on for like about five episodes or so in the first season. And I was like, wow, Sarah. wow. Yeah. What was it? Uh, Sarah? Sarah uh Glendon? No, I don't think. No, no not, mm, Marissa wasn't Sarah. Hey, no. I don't know. Yeah. Whatever. Um, uh, yeah. We 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 um, often butcher names and don't remember things often here on the yeah. floor. Anyway, don't feel bad. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah. Is there any character type off of David that you wish that you had an opportunity to play? Um, it was. I'm sorry. Say that again. Is there a, a character type that you have always wanted to play that you haven't had the opportunity to yet? Melissa from um, the chat asks. You know, I, I would love to play like a lawyer at some point. Oh, hey. I've never played a I've never played a lawyer. Um, I played uh, I played a police officer, a captain, police captain on Homeland. So I have played that, and I would love to play that again. I would I would love to play more law enforcement. Yeah. Um. So those type of characters, yeah. I, I you know, because honestly, if I if I that's one thing that I wish I had done when I was younger. If I wasn't an actor was maybe um, get my law degree mm -hmm. and be a mm -hmm. lawyer. Um, some people say I'm really good at arguing, <laughs> so, <laughs> but hopefully I would put it to a good cause, you know, argue for people that can't argue for themselves. Um, so yeah, I would have, I'd like to play characters like that. I got to play uh, in a Western for the first time. I never, yes. I never thought I would play in a Western and I did get to do that. And I just did it again. I shot oh, it. Perfect. Um, episode. I shot another episode of that just about a month, a little over a month ago. Yeah, if, um, if you think Maurice back. Bernard looks good in a cowboy hat, you haven't seen uh, Vincent Irizarry in the cowboy hat. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> it's really funny. Yeah, Maurice would look good in anything. That's for sure. Um, yeah. So anyway, it, yeah, those are I think those are characters. I or um, I played. I did play a soldier in Heartbreak Ridge. Yeah. I would love to play to do some more um, movies like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, mm -hmm. more roles mm -hmm. like that. All right. Um, yeah, they're great characters. I love characters. Like All right, them, I'll do so. everything I can for you. I'll just I'll tweet it out. Um, <laughs> Good, get it know, out there. Get just out be there. like, hey, Vincent's looking. Uh, <laughs> yeah, right. You do it like what are, one of those like games where you like put the hats on. It's a, like a little board thing, and you have a magnet like hat that you put on. You could keep doing that. He's made with a military hat. <laughs> with a cowboy hat. He's played a ball player. Yeah. He's played. A yeah, that's true. Different things. true. <laughs> oh my goodness gracious. Well, I tell you, a lot of the fans, including including us, we would love to see Dr. David oh. Hayward go to Port Charles. Oh my gosh. I mean, yeah. Anna's there already. I know. <laughs> and we do have that connection. 
you know. Yeah. But and Alex is supposed to, to be dead, but you know, in Port Charles, no one ever really dies, so they could bring back Alex too. And I'm sure that yeah. you've done some kind of devious thing to the two of them that you have still have yeah. secret. <laughs> probably, probably. I mean, the writing definitely yeah. is there. The, the the foundation is there. If only yeah. we had the power to make it happen ourselves, folks. It's something. Yeah, that, people uh, talk to me about. Said, so why aren't you going out with John? Like I have the. It's like my choice. I'm not. You know, it's not my show. We, we're the actors. We're just those cogs in the wheel. We're not. You know. Oh, we don't make it. Yeah, that's that's all. So uh, that, it's that's entirely true. up to them. I mean, it's push it as much as you can, option. folks. Sure. And you yeah. all on Twitter have far more power than we do. Uh. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll see. Anyway, but yeah, it would be great. I'd love to. And then there's just the, the part from also getting to work with Finola again. I mean, there's some yeah, wonderful actors on there that I've seen their work for many, many years that I've never had the opportunity to work opposite. Maurice is certainly Same. one of them. Yeah, absolutely. Oh. Um, yeah, a lot of them. So you, just, you did his podcast, right? State of Mind? Yes, I did. Oh, I, I did. watched okay. it. I watched yeah. it. Oh. Yeah, it was great. It was great. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I we talked a little bit about it. I, I, I've only met him like briefly throughout the years. It was the first time that we really got down to have a, a you know, in-depth conversation with one another. Like he was fantastic. Yeah, he was awesome. He was awesome. I loved it. I loved doing it with him. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. Just just his ability to just throw it all out there. And pull yeah. it out from his guests as well. Just there's no boundaries. And Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's, it's a, great a great job with it. So, oh, man, wonderful mm-hmm. time. What a wonderful time. I don't know. Any other questions from the audience? I, I'm, I'm, I'm searching here. People are mostly just reacting to what's going on here. Um, we, we did get yeah. names. We got Amanda Baker, who played Babe, and Brittany Allen, who played Marissa. Yes, yes. Brittany. Yes. Brittany Allen. That's right. Yes. Brittany, and she was she was wonderful as, as Marissa, and yes. she was fantastic on The Boys, too. She really was. It was very special it, to it, see it that. Really so much yeah, so that when I first saw her, when I first saw her, let me just say, the first, when I first saw her in the episode, I didn't even recognize her. Uh-huh. And I was, I think, I think I may have seen her name in the credits. I was like, wait a second, that was Brittany? Oh my gosh. She okay. just was fantastic. I'm sorry, I cut you she off. Yeah. It's okay. Um, I was just uh, encouraging people to, to leave their questions in the chat. Uh, anything that you wanted to know. We'll try to find sure. it for you. Um, <laughs> yeah. uh, and then uh, were you were you were you on the show when they changed uh, the actress who was playing Babe? Uh, yes. Because that is something that that sequence where they uh, where they actually changed um, the actress uh, on, on, what they what they edited together on with yeah. one coming into the hug with Crystal and then pulling back. Yes. And it was it was the second. Brilliant. Yes. But that was your yeah. idea, was- right? You You told editing to do that. Yes, I did. No. <laughs> of course. Yeah, I'll go with that. Yeah, sure. That was my idea. So why do that? We thought we two episodes to tell something in one episode. Yeah, it was. It was it was interesting. It was I was there on set when that happened. It was like, wow, that's different. We so, yeah, thought it was, it was brilliant. I loved it. What was that? I thought you it was thought, brilliant. Yeah, yeah. I don't I think it had ever been done like that before. So yeah, it was very cool. So yeah, you know. I don't think it's been done since either. Yeah, it's um, it was. Yeah, I don't think it has been done like that either since. But yeah, it was a standout moment for sure. <laughs> and I remember Bobby Eakes was like, she was like, this is going to be interesting, <laughs> you know, and she was wonderful as Crystal as well. She did such a great job. I love Bobby. Yeah. I watched a lot of scenes uh, this morning and last night with you and Bobby. Yeah. Yeah. We had a great working relationship together. I just I never want to do anything too physical with her because she always hurt me. <laughs> <laughs> She like one time she slapped me in the face real, which she wasn't supposed to. Right, and I'm going, and she's like, "Oh, I'm so sorry." I'm like, "No, she didn't slap me in the face. She slapped me in the nose, which is even worse." Oh, that hurts. It wasn't more. like she hit my face. She hit my nose, and I was like, 
and it was like my eyes were all teary and everything well and damn i'm happy to break my nose and then one scene that we had this where she had this huge like explosion um like meltdown probably because i was drugging her and stuff and she came to realize i was drugging her <laughs> some silly thing so but she had this meltdown it was christmas and it was the christmas tree was there and she started taking the ornaments off the tree and throwing them at me throwing them at me and she was supposed to throw down you know, at the lower part of my, my body here, she threw one, one hit me right in the face. It may have exploded in my face. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I just, I, I'm like, don't put me in scenes where she has to like do anything physical with me. I'm always going to get hurt with her. My gosh. And David so, had yeah. a lot of physical things. The, almost everybody on the cast either punched you or slapped you at some point. Absolutely. <laughs> everybody. You know, or had sex or had with sex me. With you. Or, yep. or had sex hey, with you. Yeah. You're going to love no, them or you're going to hate them. That's right. That's right. And some of them happened in the same scene. Well, you're going to love them and hate them at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> that's right. Um, and it's funny that you say it because B.H. Barry, um, he was a um, he was our um, our stunt and fight coordinator on the show for many, many years. And he used to brag all the time. He says, you put my kid through college with all the times I was brought on the show to have fight scenes with you. So that's what he said. He's like, you did. You put me, my kid through college. <laughs> he was hired every week to come on the show to like stage a fight with us. Did um, Dr. Joe ever hit you? Dr. Joe, no. No, Dr. Joe never rose to that level of acrimony. And he was amazing. Hey, because if anybody would have yeah. made Dr. Joe hit it, if anybody would have brought that or Dr. Joe, it would have been David. Yeah. Yeah, you would have thought that maybe when I tried to frame his son Jake for, <laughs> for mis-medicating uh, Adam when I first came on the show, when I actually gave him the drug and then ran in and saved him with the norepinephrine um, to give him, bring him to the point of having a heart attack. And then it, and I made it look like Jake had mismedicated oh him. Yes. You would think that I, that he would have hit me then, but uh, no. I think so. All yeah. of it was just delicious to watch. I loved it so yeah. much. Yeah, I, it was, it was great. And I, you know, especially like I said before, just developing a character from storyline to storyline and the different ways. I mean, the whole libido zone storyline was iconic. Oh that was classic. That was classic. It just, just unlocking the just, lust in everyone. I know mm -hmm. it was just, it, what was so wonderful about it was, and I said this at the time, I said, this is like a great acting class for all of us, the actors. <laughs> because it's you're being given this opportunity to have this drug that opens you up entirely so that whatever your desires are that uh, that of like dormant underneath they come out and it's like opal she's like on the floor of a yacht trying to pick up crumbs of food and eat it you know she's like this <laughs> and it's like everybody and then it's like um mateo was like angry and rageful about something i got into a fight with somebody and some people it was sexual and, you know um which was my character um yeah so it was it was great to see that to have like people have this overall condition that was imposed upon the character where they allowed their their libido to completely like open up what do you what do you really desire you know it was it was great it was very exciting but i just love that moment where <laughs> Um, David, after he accidentally drops the flask because the waiter hits his arm and it falls in the punch bowl, and he takes it out. <laughs> and it's like, oh, God. And then everybody's drinking. And he's at the end of the episode, you see him standing in the door frame of, of the yacht looking at the entire town of Pine Valley. He goes, Well, drink up, Pine Valley. And it's like in this episode, <laughs> all mayhem ensues. Um, and, but that was a storyline went on for like a year. I mean, until my trial. And then it all came out, and I had to like, it was. Uh, 
I think I lost my license for a while or so. I can't remember. Something, oh, something blaming J.R. Chandler, something, yeah. something. Yeah. <laughs> what was that, Kat? What'd you say? I think you lost your license more than once. Yeah, I, I think I did. I think I did. Yeah. <laughs> I think it was also because I, I buried somebody in a, on a beach somewhere. Um, that I didn't was, kill him. You I, just buried him. I didn't kill him. He was already <laughs> dead, but I was using his cadaver for some experiment as a result of something. I don't know. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that, was, uh, that was a charge. Yeah. It was like harmfulness to a cadaver, I think, or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> like, I was like, that's not a good sound. <laughs> Uh, a year, a year and a half ago or so, I, I created a, a, a Twitter GIF game, uh, Who's Going to Kill Peter August on General Hospital. And in it, oh, I included Dr. David Hayward because I yes. always enjoy including Dr. David Hayward on things, especially yeah. GH related because I want you there. Um, and that got some response from the people who were like, oh, my God, David Hayward's on here. What's going on? Adding you, adding you, adding you. And you contributed yeah. to the conversation with the revelation that I had never considered before, that David Hayward is no murderer. He has never killed anybody. Never never killed anybody and they call him dr death some people for some reason that's like that's some that's a misnomer that's not really that's yeah dr evil i can see sure. that in some ways you know he but he push you, you to know, the brink of death yes absolutely <laughs> but not all the absolutely. way he if anything he'll keep you going die. in his secret basement lab <laughs> for the finale you know it's fine back to what we talked about the whole introduction of vanessa and how it really did inform the audience who he was why he was the way that he was um, it was because of that. And, and this is the, what I've always felt when you play a character, even if it's somebody that's evil or whatever the case may be, it's kind of your responsibility to have the audience find, find ways to empathize with you, to sympathize with you, because the person themselves believes that what they're doing is right. You know, even yeah. the worst type of person can mm -hmm. rationalize, justified on some level. So it really was for me very rewarding when people were taking my side over Dr. Joe Martin, you know, on yeah. the show, like in their writings, they were like going, leave him alone, Dr. Joe. And I'm like, I'm like, wow, I've really accomplished this with this <laughs> yeah. character because he's like, he's like the, the, the pinnacle of like virtue in Pine Valley, you know, and that they were turning on him to support me. I'm like, thank you. Thank you. Audience. It's those things that soften <laughs> the character that really make you, you think about him. And when it comes to a villain that has a really great and engaging backstory, you can always I don't know, step into it a little bit and kind of relate sure. to your own villainous tendencies that you don't bring out into your real life. Yeah. Like I drug that person. I would totally drug that person like David Hayward did. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Uh, but then there's, a, you know, there was a Vanessa and then uh, the relationship that grew between David and Bianca as well. Um, yes. You know, with the issues and, and struggles that she had in her life that sure. David was there I... to support her through. I love that. I love that they wrote that, that I was there to support her and help her through all of it. And then I was actually even there to help bring down the person that was um, that had raped her. Yeah. You know, that was yeah. also really great. I was happy to be able to do that. Um, yeah, it was. Uh, and that was Will DeVry, actually, who did a fantastic right. job as that character. He played. He did such a great job as that character. Um, yeah. That and we. We, our fight scene, that was one that BH had staged, was really great. It was such a great one. Um, and I loved it that he had me pick up this big tome of a book and smack him with it. And it was like, and I think it was like a legal book. And I'm like, here's the law right in your face. And I'm like, it was like <laughs> the cheesy action it, it, 80s line. Yes, that's right. Yeah, that's something that you would see like on a, like, a, I don't know, one of the nighttime shows. Um, but it was great. It, and he did. He did a fantastic job. But I love being able to be there. I, I had so many wonderful scenes with Eden. 
um, yeah. during that time where she was in her coming out period and mm-hmm. um, you know the, the ramifications of that and her relationships with others that she that I'd be able to be there to support her I love that it was yeah. great it was great and also obviously working with Susan was amazing yes. we had such a great working relationship um, Susan and I um, I adore Susan and I you know and back to what I said earlier about working on shows where um, you, I've worked with some shows, some, some of these, um, some of the daytime shows where there are definitely divas and divas and divos mm-hmm. on there. Um, and Susan and, uh, again, David, uh, two people that had the right to be that way if they wanted to be were never that way. Gracious, professional came on set. Everybody loved working with them. I had just written something recently on, on, um, Insta- Instagram. Uh, about uh, Angela Lansbury and yes. about that I really saw there for the first time there's what I believe is pretty much inherent on every set is there's a trickle down uh, effect that the stars of the show how they are as professionals and as human beings trickles down throughout the whole cast and the crew Angela Lansbury was the consummate professional she came I was in I was on that show the seventh season I think of the mm-hmm. show and when I went on that set, it was one of the most pleasant sets I'd ever worked on. Oh. The people were so wonderful and accommodating. Everybody in the crew was happy to be there. They were, they were, uh, they would help you. Um, you know, they were there because she was that way towards them. And it, but I could say on other episodic shows that I've done, mm-hmm. it wasn't always like that. And it always starts with the main actor. I'm not going to say who it was, some guy that I worked with twice, and he was not that way. He was very grumpy and he snapped at people all the time, didn't always know his lines. He would go up on his lines on my close up. And it was like, then we'd have to cut. And I'm going, I just want to get my lines. I just want to say the line. It was tough. And, but that was really the crew was hostile to the extras, they were hostile to one another. So that was it. And I would say that on that show, on All My Children, David and um, Susan, because of that, people were wonderful with one another. They really were. It mm-hmm. had that trickle down effect, just like it did on Murder She Wrote. Trickle you know, down, are, yeah, huge, so. and then trickles down onto who you get to work with. That's brought in for David as well, like Leo right. and 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 sure. family, and you know, you yeah. get to bring that welcome to them as well. Um, show them yeah, the ropes I mean, for soaps. Yeah, and I don't know if I brought this up before working with with Marge. That was the second time that, that she played my mother. Uh-huh. She was my mother on Guiding Light. Okay. She came on to replace oh. Beverly McKenzie. She came on to play, replace Beverly McKenzie, another icon in daytime. And that was a tough role for her to come on and replace her. Because when Beverly left, it was like six months. They waited to bring on somebody. And she was perfect. She was yeah. perfect um, playing um, Alexandra. And when she auditioned for All My Children, I didn't see her at the time, but I went up to Judy Wilson, who's the casting director. And I always did this before when I knew someone was coming on to play opposite me as a main character. Mm-hmm. I asked her, said, so what do you think? Who did you see? And she said, well, Marge to say was she came in. And I was like, oh, Marge is fantastic. And I mentioned that she was my mother on Guiding Lights. She goes, oh, I don't know if they're going to want that, that she was your mother on another show. And I said, what does it matter? I mean, this is one big repertory company. We, I mean, actors work opposite each other. It's a different character. So if she's the right person for the role, she should do the role. I hope they see that. And they did. They brought her yeah. on. Mm-hmm. And it was the same thing with Josh. I, I had the opportunity. I went downstairs to Judy and I asked if I could see the audition tape 
it was on VHS at the time. I said, can I see the audition tape of the character, the actors that were coming to read for the role? And I saw probably maybe about six or seven actors play the scenes, the audition scenes. And Josh was the standout without question. Yeah. And I said that to Judy too. I said, he's the one, there's no question. He was wonderful. He really was special. So. <laughs> That's my punk kid brother right there. Get him in here. Yeah, really. That's right. <laughs> David, David was so affected by the death of his little brother, Leo. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. So many tragedies on a soap up. opera. You wouldn't think that you would go through so many heartbreaks. And... I remember watching it and then Greenlee was being, was, had your mom had her on the side of a cliff and you boys right. had to go save her. And oh yeah, but Vanessa was running amok and she, she had was. kidnapped Greenlee. And Leo went to try and save her. Both she and he and I went to try and save her. And then Leo fell off the cliff. I think that's what happened. I mean, yep. it was a long time. I kind of blocked it out because the emotion, you know, the intensity. <laughs> that's what fell off the cliff. So, yeah. Bonked so, his head and drowned. It was a yeah. very sad time Bonked for everybody yeah. in Pine Valley. Oh, yeah. man. But it also gave also, uh, Rebecca gave her a lot to play with after that as well. It was really good for her to be able to go on with that character and, yeah, it was it was great. You know, Rebecca's mm -hmm. wonderful as well. Um, you know, and we got to do some crazy stuff together on the show. We even got married on the show. You know, yeah. um, it's kind of funny. <laughs> um, yeah, that was kind of crazy. Oh. But um, yeah, it, it's it's funny the things doing for so many years and the the growth and development of the characters. I mean, I've shared this a few times, which is kind of crazy. That you know, Colby played mm -hmm. Colby. Okay. Um, Brooke, she came on and played her um, at, at, when she grew up older on the online version on, on iTunes and Hulu. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I, I um, delivered Colby, okay, with, when Liza and, and Adam, they were in a cabin somewhere during a nor'easter, and I, I was there. And I delivered Colby. She was a breech birth. I had to deliver her there. So I brought Colby into the world. Then when we're doing the online version years later and they've aged her now, she's like yes. in her early twenties, they had me sleeping with her. <laughs> and I went to Ginger Smith, who was really kind of, I, I knew she was being sincere <laughs> about this because she was our history person. She knew everything about the show. And I walked up to her at one point before this, before we did that show and I read it and I'm going, you do realize that I delivered Colby, right? I mean, and now I'm sleeping with her. Don't you think that's a little weird? She goes, oh, I don't think the audience is going to remember that. I'm going, give me a break. Yeah. You know, no, the, the audience, audience doesn't forget a that. thing. They know everything. They remember everything. They know what hotel room number I was staying in, the number of the hotel yeah. room. They could also staying, tell you the color of your tie while you were staying there. Yeah, for sure. I know, absolutely. Yeah. I'm going, come on, you know that. And they're like, well, this, they want to do this. I'm like, okay, just putting it out there. It does um, kind so of feel dirty, though, doesn't it? Yeah, it did. It dirty. feel a little dirty. Did. I guess they were pushing the envelope a little bit more when they went on to the online version. But it was fun. I mean, she was wonderful, too. I had a great time working with her. And it was her first scene. She's never She never even kissed a person on camera before. Yeah. So it was a little strange. And we had, um, the night before, we went, it was a party that they were hosting, the uh, Prospect Park in New York City. And I think it was to uh, as an introduction to the audience of the show being on. So we were there at that party and we had to come into work the next morning, like seven in the morning. And that was going to be the scenes that we we're doing. So and I talked to her the night before and I knew she was a little nervous. I said, look, I'm there for you. Whatever you need, we'll get through it. 
but she, we did it and she was great. She was great. She just did it, you know? So, you know, what's amazing. Everybody's shocked by how much you remember everything yes. and you do. Yeah, and you yeah. do. Yeah. And uh, not everything. Names, people's names. No. Names are important. Names, events. Yeah. They compared you to Jackie Zeman, uh, who I guess has a photographic memory and just remembers a whole heck of a lot. Oh my gosh! Yeah. Uh, I just um, saw her. We saw her, we her the other night. Yeah, oh, we just saw her the other night. Yeah, we actually have a picture together with her. We posted a picture. I got to go hang out where you're hanging out so I can run in all of these soap actors. Yeah. <laughs> hey, we were in your neighborhood. That's we right. didn't know you were so close. Uh, uh, yeah, true. you know, we'll figure it out someday. Um, yeah. uh, a, a really good question that came through here from uh, Nikisha Moore. This is something that I uh, was was brilliant I, I I wanted to pass it on to you um it's it's been a, a few years since the last time we saw Dr David Hayward what do you think he's up to right now 2022 wow hopefully he a, found out about that question. kid no I, <laughs> I know well if he ever comes back on that kid will be aged now you know so you may hopefully get to meet him at some point um <laughs> you know I I don't know I don't remember actually the way that it ended I yeah, I still was a doctor. I didn't lose my license again. Um, yeah, on the online version. So I'm assuming there I'm still... There was that five-year time jump for something as well between ABC and Hulu. Uh, yeah, there was a bit of a time jump. And it, that was the strangest transition to begin with. Because yeah. Yeah. How did that feel? Did that still thing. feel like you were working on All My Children? Or was that a completely oh, yeah, different thing? No, it did. It was, But it was like oh. a new form of the show. Um, mm -hmm. it, it was the, what made it difficult, again, because we didn't have the closure. When we were leaving All My Children, when All My Children was leaving ABC, yeah. um, Lorraine Broderick, who was the head writer at the time, who's amazing, she actually created Dr. David Hayward. Um, she, they brought her back on the show for the like last year or so that we were on ABC. And that's when the stories were so good. She knew the heart of that show so well, the characters so well. And we, she wrote an ending to the show. We had an ending mm -hmm. episode for ABC, but then Prospect Park came and licensed the rights to it and wanted to develop it for online, for iTunes and for Hulu. We were being told for the last like two months the show was on that we were going to be starting like a week after the show ended on ABC. Mm -hmm. Then as we got closer to the ending of the show, it's two weeks later. It's three weeks later. And because we had that ending they rewrote the entire ending okay to leave it as a cliffhanger at the shooting at the mansion at the at the chandler mansion yeah. um and from behind in the secret passageway so nobody knew who it was so it was a cliffhanger but we didn't go back to production again for almost two years it was <laughs> we ended in i don't know was it in the end of the summer in 2011 um and then we picked it up again it was i got the call from ginger smith in 2012 2013 mm -hmm. i think i don't remember the dates um it was like it was a year and a half later it was in december and they were going into production at the end of february because the licensing rights was ending at the last day of february first day of march the licensing rights would yeah. be done so they had scheduled to put us in production one week before so they could retain the rights. And I, this was in December. And I said to, okay, um, because she called me and said, we really would like you to come on. Would you be able to be on there? And I said, I'm open to it. Sure. I said, but let me ask you. So um, where are we shooting it? She goes, well, we don't know yet. I said, so you don't have any production office or anything. She goes, no. I said, well, who's, who are the writers? Well, we haven't gotten the writers yet. I'm going, 
you don't have any writers, you don't have a production staff, you don't have a, a studio. I said, nope, we don't have any of that right now. And I said, okay. And I knew that the sets had already been destroyed that were yeah. done for ABC because I knew somebody that worked over that studio said they were putting for wood chippers. Mm -hmm. I'm like, dang, man, that was like a month after we ended ABC and we were supposed to go back on. I'm saying, well, that's not a good sign. They're destroying the sets. Right. We're being told that we're going to go on, go on, go on. So I said, so you don't have any sets either? She goes, no, we're going to have to start building sets. I'm like, this is the beginning of December. We're talking about the end of February. You, you can do this. Well, to her credit and her magical ways, she's a yeah. brilliant producer. When I walked on that those that soundstage in Connecticut at the last week of February and walked through those sets and saw what they had done, read the scripts that they had written and saw the cast all come together, I was like, this was a miracle. It was a miracle. <laughs> she pulled that off. And it really was special. It really was. Those episodes were very well written, really well written. And great working with the cast again um but again and then they got into a legal fight with abc the, yeah the that's, un Park, that's unfortunate and the uh so that and it was like a 125 million dollar lawsuit and mm -hmm. they had to shut down production and again it was another situation where we did it in may but we were being told like every two weeks we're coming back we're coming back no don't we're, we're coming back and i had turned down two things because they said i couldn't do them one was um, a series that uh, Sonia Blanjardo uh, created. It was a, she was a producer on All My Children, and she went on to be a director um, on One Life mm -hmm. to Live, and she directs on General Hospital today, and even yeah. directs on Day of Our Lives. She wrote um, Tainted, Live, uh, Tainted Lives, it was called. Okay. That's what it was. And she had written a character that she created for me, and I was told I couldn't do it because Prospect Park, it was an online um, series, they said it was competitive with them, so they wouldn't let me do it. So I had to bow out. That doesn't sucked. make any sense. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And then I was also, uh, Bobby Eeks got me um, a co-hosting job for the Miss Georgia um, beauty pageant. It was televised, and it was going to be the two of us as co-hosts. And they wouldn't let me do that either because they said we were going to be back in production at that time. Mm -hmm. And we never oh, went back into production. So I turned down two jobs and we never went back into production. Then a week before Thanksgiving in November, they said, yeah, we're not coming back. And I was like, great. Two all jobs right. turned down. And then the audience, once again, didn't have the closure at all. Mm -mm. We didn't have a final episode. Which... No, no. I'll have to go back and watch uh, Prospect Park with a little bit more, with my adult um, brain hotter. rather than my young twins yeah. brain to see if I can appreciate a it a little bit more. It's a little um, steamier for sure. Yeah, um, I but thought it, it was it, ahead it, of its time. That's exactly what it is. Yeah. It was ahead of its time. I think if, if it was done today it would be received completely differently and would have mm -hmm. a much bigger audience people cheer yeah the days of our lives went exclusively onto peacock so yes that's There's right like yeah and now in the bay all of those yeah. are doing well, the bay is studio now on peacock city. studio city the studio city as well studio, yes yeah yes i just he did a great know. job with that he really did do a fantastic really went to the premiere of that um we mm. watched that and he, yeah, he did a fantastic job. Um, really, mm -hmm. the quality of that show, the writing, the performances, wonderful. Um, yep. Tristan is wonderful on that. I love Tristan. Matthew and that. I watched it. Yeah, yeah you the first, did. Uh, the first uh, season. The second was behind a paywall, so I, we, we didn't. But uh, I haven't seen the second season yet. And that's yeah, it. You, you have to pay for it is what you're saying? Yeah, yeah. That one, that one uh, they make you pay for. The first season was free on Prime. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, I think the, whatever. I mean, I mean, first, you know, I'm, like I'm just a man episodes. on a budget. That's that's the main thing. Yeah, 
not that I, I don't you. want to support. Uh. <laughs> oh, I got you. No, I would like to see it, though. I would like to see it. I should. I would like to see it. Yeah. Well, hopefully you're not getting a drag around when it comes to the, this potential Pine Valley primetime spinoff that uh, Kelly Ripa was trying to put together. I don't know yeah. how far that got in uh, the world of Hollywood. Who knows? I don't know. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. And I, I mean, my understanding was that it had more to do with the the um the, the canes and, and the santas, santas. Yeah, yeah that yeah. was what it was about the santos yeah. family one that you didn't really interact with too much uh i didn't no yeah. yeah no that's true that's very true um but yeah so i don't know i i didn't really hear much about it other mm -hmm. than what everybody else was hearing about it and then it just seemed like it just disappeared um, <laughs> it kind so. of did I think you got maria's yeah. business a couple of times yeah yeah, yeah we, i did everybody I got maria's business at the pine valley I kept her hidden for a while there. Yeah. yeah. As David does. It's just, his, it's his move. Yeah. It's his thing. It's what he does. Yeah, that's right. That's what he does. He, does, he's, he's, he does things his own way. Okay. And people want to punish him for it. No, come on. I had an opportunity about a month ago to um, go see a personal appearance of Cameron Matheson. Oh, good. In yeah. Sacramento. Uh, he yeah. and Laura Wright were together. And right. it was a great, great fun. And they, and the audience asked him about Pine Valley as well. Mm -hmm. Okay. And he said he hadn't heard a word about it. Nobody knows a thing. You know, no one has reached out to him with the possibility of um of of you know being Ryan Lavery. Um so he didn't really know anything about it. Not really. Yeah, yeah. I know. I, I mean it was seemed like it was a small group of people that they were communicating with, I guess. Um, but it was the news just broke too family. early is what happened. Yeah, perhaps. I mean, maybe they were trying to generate excitement. I don't know. You know, that could well, have been. it did generate a lot of excitement. Yeah. It did. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Kidnapping okay. is David's go-to move for flirting, says Melissa. <laughs> <laughs> or and no. drugging. Uh, drugging, flirting. Uh, but, you know, I mean, it was flipped on its head. Erica Kane uh, held him hostage, handcuffed him to something, that's forced true. him to confess things, and then ultimately fell in love with him. But, that's you know, right. that's because Erica, that's right. you know, she was the type that, that wanted to fix somebody at all times and just be adored, right? That's that's true. And since she <laughs> yeah, did that to her me, day, she like never married David, though. Another. Huh? She never married right. David. Well, honestly, I kind of feel like um, that I, that David and I as the actor dodged the bullet there because <laughs> typically, unless it was Jackson, anybody else who married Erica wound up dead at some point. So well, there you go. Um, dodged it. So I was grateful that I, we did get married. We, we enjoyed a great year and a half storyline together. But when they went in that direction, I'm like, okay, hopefully I got some like more longevity going on. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god uh susan lucci susan yeah. lucci i mean co cover of of the remembering all my children people magazine uh, yeah the heart and face of all of daytime television for a while like i sure. would say the biggest soap stuff i don't i wouldn't i would look at that erica kane doll Here's yeah. my Erica Kane and her Merrick uh, bridal gown. And the oh, back wow. of the box says, the back of the box, I swear I am never going to buy another wedding gown as long as I live. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> That's her, Scar her Scarlett O'Hara moment there. Um, yes. <laughs> I will never go hungry again. <laughs> I swear by God. Um, yeah. So, yeah, so when she, they said I when mean, they said, "Hey, Vincent, we want you to work with Susan. We're, we're writing a little thing, a little ditty with you and Erica." Was that just yeah. the? Was that I like was, a cementing was, moment for you? Did that make them make you feel? Oh my God, I'm going to be on this show for a while. 
Uh, no, I, you never know that on these shows, yeah. you just never know. But um, I was of course very happy to do that because I loved her as, as a, as a person and as an actress. Um, you know, she was a professional and I, I was very excited to work with her and we had a great working relationship together. We really did. Mm -hmm. um, there was a trust that was there with each other from the moment we started working and I just loved it. Um, you know, we had some really special scenes together that I was very grateful to have the opportunity to play opposite. But you were more gentle in throwing her down on the bed than you were with the others. Yeah, that's true. You had to be careful. Was, there, there, were, there was one actor that that was carrying Susan up the stairs one day, which uh -huh. the actors on daytime we were asked to do sometimes, like carry the person in some place. And he banged her head on the banister. Um, oh, gosh. We, we, we saw that. on It was like a... a uh, one of those those reels during Christmas with a blooper reel. They did that. They were showing us like, oh my God, they did like three times. I'm like, ow, ow, ow. <laughs> um, so I had to be careful with her. I was more gentle with her because She's she was so petite. She was so petite too. I mean, that's what whenever, and I, oh, and Walt is taller than I am. So, yeah. and we both would do this. I saw him do it also, but I was oftentimes bending down with my arms and her, my hands on her shoulders to be able to look at her because she so, was, was so small. Um, and I just, my, my heart goes out to her about her passing of Helmut, her, mm. her husband. Yeah. You know, they were together for, for, for decades and just the two of them were inseparable and just they built this beautiful life together. Um, mm. So, yeah, I wrote her something um, about that and she responded to it. Yeah, because, mm. I mean, he really was her protector, you know, yeah. without question. Yeah. He was there. Um, he was her her husband, her lover, and her manager, and her mm -hmm. chef, apparently, because yeah, right. that's true, because he was an amazing cook. That's how they met, from what I understand. I, she, mm -hmm. reminded, she told me this years ago that he was the chef at a hotel in Long Beach um, mm -hmm. that she was going to. That's how they first met. Um, but yeah, I loved working with Susan. She, she was amazing. And the storyline, and that was Agnes Nixon's idea yeah. to do that, to bring our characters together. And that was another person. Agnes Nixon was magical, a magical being. I can only imagine. Um, yeah, when she came on, whenever she came on set, she would come occasionally to bring like friends of hers to come and watch the taping, you know, of a scene or two. And she was so, um, she was so quiet, you know, in the background, um, unassuming, you know. And she would be there, just very gentle and very, you know, like quiet. And, but you realize this is the woman, everybody on that soundstage was there because of her, mm -hmm. <laughs> everybody. But she didn't want to make her presence known in that way. She just was letting everybody do their job. And you wouldn't know she was there unless you walked past her and it's like, it's high. Um, and then I had the wonderful uh, good fortune of getting to work as an actor opposite her when we were leaving ABC. They had her come on the show one episode where she was in the hospital bed. And I had a scene with her, I several scenes with her. And she was magical as an actress, too. She just lit up the screen, lit up through just naturally. Um, and she was telling me these wonderful stories in between takes. She was just a born natural storyteller. That's what she was. And that was her gift to the world. And I, I was fighting for a while trying to get her the, um, the, the, the what was it, the Kennedy Honors. Mm -hmm. um, trying to get her them to give her that award for her lifetime achievement, and it didn't happen. Well, was, she was groundbreaking. She would approach subjects that weren't being approached. There was nothing absolutely. like all my children. Nothing yeah, like that. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, there were some storylines that were certainly taboo at the time that people yeah. didn't 
you know, it was like that shouldn't be talked about. Yeah. And I was, I, yeah, I was even blindsided once. I did a, a, a radio talk show and the person that was doing it with me um, on air was really critical of the show because of the lesbian storyline with Bianca. Mm-hmm. It was around that time. And I was like, you know what? I'm like, I'm sorry, but this is supposed to be a representation of the world that we live in. And these are people that are experiencing that in our lives today. So I'm sorry. That's not, it's, it, we live in a fallen world to begin with. Okay. So all the characters on the show have their issues in life and their struggles in life and trying in some ways to be understood or, or, you know, to be accepted. Um, And I said, so that this is a reflection of that. We're not creating a, a, a fictional world where, there are, that everybody's perfect and wonderful with each other. And I said, that's that these, this is what she's going through. And she's deserving of compassion and to, you know, be treated with dignity and respect. So that was interesting. Cause I was kind of, I was taken aback because I didn't think that was going to come up in that way and that he was going to be so hostile about it. I'm going, no, that's not, you're not going to get me to go there with you. There's no reason to, I <laughs> love this sort of line and I love what she's doing with it. And I think it's important to bring it out. That's all. Fighting as hard as Agnes Nixon would. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) I mean, it's just that was it. That's you know, it's an interesting thing because you have that where you have some people that look at storytelling and just the fact that I would be in places, okay, and there were people that knew that I played Dr. David Hayward. They were critical of me as if I was my character that they don't, they can't disassociate the fact that this is a fictional character that I create. Okay. Um, and I could, and I even said this to one person, um, I said, you know, do you honestly think I go home and get on my knees every night and ask God to forgive the acts of my character? <laughs> <laughs> it's not that I'm an actor. This is storytelling. And I'm like, but if I was playing a biblical story and I was playing King David, and then I order to have Uriah killed on the front line um, to cover up the fact that I slept with his wife and sired a child with Bathsheba. That would be okay because that's a biblical story, right? <laughs> I said, that's that we're fallen humanity. We have, everybody has issues. Nobody's perfect. And that's, that's basically it. I mean, and that's something that I've at times throughout my life where people, I was even in a, a, a church. I was asked to be part of a, um, of a holiday Christmas um a performance this was years ago and i did that and the lighting designer young guy said his wife his mother was in the audience and she was offended that i was in the show because of dr david hayward i'm like what really yeah she just was she couldn't believe that you were invited to be a part of the show I'm like, why <laughs> because of dr david hayward i mean and that's and that's happened numerous times there are people i had a dear friend of mine and his mother very sweet she was very sweet her friend was, didn't think it was appropriate that he was friends with me because of Dr. David Hayward. Because he's playing that evil man. I know. I'm like, <laughs> what? And I, I and I said to them, I'm like, so I said, what does she watch? She does, <laughs> there aren't antagonists and protagonists. Every story she watches on television has that. I'm like, what the hell? <laughs> it's bizarre. It, it, so, it really is. It's something I think unique to, to soapdom as well. Uh, you know, I mean, I'm sure there's there's crazy cuckoo fans out there for all kinds of different franchises. But sure. uh, when it comes sure. to uh, the soap actor walking down the street and being berated for something that his character did is a lot higher than somebody That's who plays a villain in something else. 
that's happened to me. Yeah. That's happened to me where people on the street say hostile things to me because of what my character has done <laughs> or doing. It happened with me on Guiding Light, which was very different because I had never done TV before. And when I'm standing there on a street corner at a red light and somebody next to me starts getting into it because I'm taking Beth away from Philip, you know, which is the super couple, <laughs> leave them alone. I'm like, OK, I'm just I'll, crossing I'll, the street. I'll tell the writer. I'm, you know, mm. I'll let them know. I'm trying to get them. I'm like, by the way, my name's Vincent, right? <laughs> yeah, I know. It's bizarre. It's strange. It's like they can't associate reality from fiction. It's storytelling. That's what it is. So I guess it just goes to show the investment and the passion that the people have Um, along with that is also the passion of soul fans can also be hard to match. Um, the personal appearances right. and conventions just prove that uh, right now there's a mess of Zooms happening um, uh, every week yeah. with all kinds of different actors that are incredibly popular. I mean, if you can yeah. reach out to Finola Hughes for us, get her on this thing, we could charge everybody 20 bucks and make a killing. Uh, yeah, there you go. <laughs> That's right. That's true. Yeah, we could do that. that would be great. Um, you know, yeah, I mean, I haven't seen Finola in, in years. I think yeah. the last time I saw her was at a Soap Arbor Digest party um mm-hmm. that they were celebrating their years uh, yeah, in yeah. publication that was the last time i saw her occasionally i see her children on um oh. on on instagram or something and yeah. it's like it's amazing to me and the same thing with with kelly and mark where i see their children on there um yeah and to see that how quickly and how they've grown so much and where does the time um, adults you know, Eva LaRue, Eva LaRue with her daughter. Her yes. daughter was born just a few weeks after my son Elias. And now he's 20. He's going to be 21 next month. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, and, and so is she. She's going to be 21 coming up, too. And to see her, she's grown. She's so beautiful, her, her daughter. You know, it's just, so it's great. I mean, it's amazing the passage of time that so yeah. much time has passed. It doesn't feel like that, but it has mm-hmm. so much so that these babies have grown up to be young adults now it's pretty cool like through the real passage of time as well none of them got hit with the soras the sudden soap opera rapid aging syndrome or anything that's true that's true where they skip the ugly years become adults (laughs) real Uh, (laughs) (laughs) well uh you know chat chat compliments you well-rounded actor comes out of out of nowhere but uh, a true compliment so oh you know take that (laughs) i will i'll take it's a heart. Anyway. Uh, Vincent, how many children do you have? I'm sorry, what's up, Ma? I have I have four children, and I have two granddaughters, oh. and I have another grandchild on the way. Hey. Oh, wonderful! Yes. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I have two granddaughters. They're two and three years old. Um, oh, that's awesome! And, yeah, and my my four children. They're and you just, have a birthday. And my birthday's coming up in less than a month. Well, so yes, well. your birthday. I actually that. yes, your birthday's next month. Yes, uh, yeah. November 12th. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I my my eldest child is November nineteenth. He'll be forty. Oh, okay. And okay. I, I am just so damn mad at him for getting to be forty. How can he be forty? No, is that crazy? <laughs> I know. My, I haven't gotten them that old. Yeah, my my oldest is thirty three, mm-hmm. and my, my he's my yes, son. Yes, you have gotten that old because you're older than me. Sorry. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, 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 oh. Well, oh. I will be sixty three. That's oh, what goodness. I'm going to be. So. Oh goodness. No, I'm sixty one. Oh, on par. You're practically the you same go. age. What are you two doing? We are the same age. Same generation. This will probably be a challenging question to answer unless you already have it locked and loaded and ready to go because you've been asked it a thousand times. What favorite that? story that you had to, that you played is is there one that you could isolate as this is the pinnacle this is my most favorite thing that i had done as david hayward 
You know, I that's interesting. I I think I've touched on some of them right now. The one with yeah. the bringing of Vanessa certainly yeah. and development of that storyline, and which led into the relationship with David and Erica. You know, right. um, and then her accident where her face got ripped up in the car crash in the snow in the blizzard. The art yeah. itself, everything. And, and, I, I, and I took her to Brazil to Dr. Fashionella, which is kind of interesting. <laughs> Dr. Fashionella to restore her face, her beauty. Um, and she was recovered so well. And two days later, we were having dinner together without her mask on, her Phantom of the Opera mask. Um, but it was, uh, that was, those, those were great storylines. Yeah. And also the Libida Zone, the Libida Zone storylines, definitely. And I think the relationship with Anna, yeah, without question, because that had so many like uh, peaks and valleys mm -hmm. um, as far as the relationship yeah. is concerned. Which needs to be started up again. Yeah, there you go. So well, we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> so, um, anyway, yeah, that was they were great. Those were great storylines. I loved it. And, yeah, well, I mean, it sounds like know, just the the entire journey, the arc, one thing leading into the other. Into yeah, the other. it really was because it was like years of great stories going one into the next, and the whole Libida Zone one, and how that developed with my relationship with Dixie as well. Yeah, playing again, brilliant actress on the show and Goodness. you know um yeah so that that was great with our relationship and the, the complexities of that those characters and the relationship how they they interacted with one another yeah. i loved it i loved it yeah. it was it was so well written for so many years the show um you know because i i could say that honestly that there are there are shows that i've done in the past like guiding light was a good example of that where when i came back as my twin brother um Nick McHenry, Nick uh -huh. McHenry. I look like a McHenry to you. Um, <laughs> Not at so, all. But I, no, sure? no, I just put on an accent. But I was, right. and that that should have been the first clue that I wasn't really McHenry because I came to find out I was taken at birth and I was actually a Lubanichek. <laughs> um, so, but I on that show that was that was tough because in the beginning it was so well written. It was a great character. Loved playing it for several years, but they went through so many executive producers while I was on the show and so many head writers that by the end of my term there, the last year, year and a half, they lost sight of the character. Mm -hmm. It wasn't the character anymore. And it's tough when you're working through that because you're going to the producer and say, what's going on? What's happening here? Then you're finding yourself in stories that are not, that are more plot driven, the character driven. Yeah. Having you do things that your character wouldn't really do, mm -hmm. um, it just that was tough. So that it was obvious it was time to leave at yeah. that time. But I never really had that experience on all my children. All the years I was on, the writing was always so good for him, for David. Yeah, and I was very grateful for that. You know, and I, I mean, it so lived up to the expectation of when I was on for the first three months that we all saw the potential of yeah. the character. Yeah, um, and I'm, I'm happy that I had the opportunity to to speak to the producer and the head of daytime at the time to give them my impression that we were kind of going off track in the beginning of bringing him back on um, and that they took it to heart because then they just, the character exploded. It was yeah. wonderful. Yeah. 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 Well, so, Kelly wants to know, what do, what do your grandkids call you? Grandpa. 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 Yeah. I have a grandpa. They, my, my, my son and my daughter-in-law asked me what, and I, I said grandpa because that's what I grew up. My mm -hmm. grandparents were grandma and grandpa. So, you know, <laughs> I don't want poppy, we are. poppy or papa. Or, or, That's what we are too. We're just grandma and grandpa. Grandma and grandpa. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> All right, Vincent. Well, thank you very much. I really, really, really appreciate yeah. you taking this hour and a half to sit down and talk to us, talk about All My Children, relive the glory years of Dr. David Hayward, All My Children, and everything that you've contributed to daytime. I mean, you're, yeah. you're, you're a soap legend in your own right. And, uh, you well, know, you're, you're a humble sure. man with, with, with not much of an ego that I've been able to detect in this last hour uh, and a half. Yeah. But you deserve nah. to have one. So, yeah. you know, if you it's wanted to not to be like Susan or not be like David Canary, and just be that Devo, you have my no. permission. No, well, thank you. Thank you. I'll, 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 I'll consider that. I'll see. But no, I don't see the need for it. But I'm also just so anybody who's going to be in Los Angeles yes. next weekend, um, uh, I'm going to be at the Hollywood show. And I've been, I'm advertising it on Instagram and also on Facebook and everything. But it's in Burbank and it's uh, an autograph sign, not just me, but it's going to be, I don't know, like 50 other celebrities. Uh, from nighttime television, from films, and daytime, and everything. So yeah, so if you're in town, come on by and say hi. Yeah, all right, and, and give them a follow awesome. on Instagram and Twitter as well, so you can keep sure. up to date with what's going on in Vincent's life. Yes, thank you, everybody, the fans. Thank you so much for those of you, especially who came on to enjoy this podcast. Um, we, we're very, very grateful that you came on and, and shared this time with us. Okay, and for all your years of support, Pine ja Valley, Pine Valley, not Pine Jolly, Pine Valley, <laughs> Pine Valley was an offshoot of it. It never happened. Though. Not yet. Um, but um, I am. I, I just that you were part of the Pine Valley family for all those mm -hmm. years. We're yeah, well, great. you know, Thank you wouldn't be here without us, and we wouldn't be here without you. So Absolutely. thank you so much. Uh, so uh, you know, for all the people that, that catch us regularly, we will be back on tomorrow morning at 11 a.m. Just Ma and me, uh, Vincent will go off in his merry way and, and live his life doing his thing. Uh, and so we'll catch you uh, Sunday Pacific, uh, at 11 a.m. Pacific for the 10th Floor Podcast. Thank you very much. I've been Matt. And that's, and that's about General Hospital, right? And that's so, about yeah. General Hospital. Yes, but right. it's about the right. week of yeah. General awesome. Hospital. Uh, well, so, thank you, Matt. Thank you, Kat, for inviting me to be a part of this. This was oh, fun. Oh, thank Great you time. for... Okay. Thank you for, for joining us. And this, I, yeah. I have to tell you, this, this, you are Matt's get interview. You uh, are his favorite, other I've than David Canary, you uh, are his favorite All My Children character. And well, uh, you. you just, this was very special for us. Thank you so much. Well, it was special for me as well. Thank you so much for bringing me through the memories. It was great. Thank <laughs> it was you. Great. Thank you. Okay. All right. I'm going to, I'm going to cut the stream. That's it. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye. Okay.